Act Two of Valpone. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Volpone, or The Fox, by Ben Jonson. Act Two, Scene One. Saint Mark's Place, a retired corner before Corvino's house. Enter Sir Politic Woodby and Peregrine. Sir, to a wise man, all the world's his soil. It is not Italy, nor France, nor Europe that must bound me if my fates call me forth. Yet, I protest, it is no salt desire of seeing countries, shifting a religion, nor any dissatisfaction to the state where I was bred, and unto which I owe my dearest plots, hath brought me out, much less that idle, antique, stale, grey-headed project of knowing men's minds and manners with Ulysses, but a peculiar humour of my wife's, laid for this height of Venice to observe, to quote, to learn the language, and so forth. I hope you travel, sir, with licence? Yes. I dare the safelier converse. How long, sir, since you left England? Seven weeks. So lately? You have not been with my lord ambassador? Not yet, sir. Pray you, what news, sir, vents our climate? I heard last night a most strange thing reported by some of my lord's followers, and I long to hear how twill be seconded. What was it, sir? Marry, sir, of a raven that should build in a ship royal of the king's. Peregrine, aside. This fellow, does he gull me, trow, or is gulled? Your name, sir? My name is Politic Woodby. Peregrine, aside. Oh, that speaks him. A knight, sir. A poor knight, sir. Your lady lies here in Venice for intelligence of tires and fashions and behavior among the courtesans. The fine lady would be. Yes, sir. The spider and the bee oft times suck from one flower. Good, sir, politic, I cry you mercy. I have heard much of you. Tis true, sir, of your raven. On your knowledge? Yes, and your lion's whelping in the tower. Another whelp? Another, sir. Now, heaven, what progenies be these? The fires at Berwick, and the new star, these things concurring strange and full of omen. Saw you those meteors? I did, sir. Fearful! Pray you, sir, confirm me. Were there three porpoises seen above the bridge as they give out? Six, and a sturgeon, sir. I am astonished. Nay, sir, be not so. I'll tell you a greater prodigy than these. What should these things portend? The very day, let me be sure, that I put forth from London, there was a whale discovered in the river, as high as Woolwich, that had waited there, few know how many months, for the subversion of the stowed fleet. Is it possible? Believe it! "'Twas either sent from Spain or the Archduke's. "'Spinola's whale, upon my life, my credit. "'Will they not leave these projects? "'Worthy, sir, some other news?' "'Faith, Stone the Fool is dead, "'and they do lack a tavern fool extremely.' "'Is Mass Stone dead?' "'He's dead, sir. "'Why, I hope you thought him not immortal.' "'Aside.' "'Oh, this knight, were he well known?' would be a precious thing to fit our English stage. 
he that should write but such a fella should be thought to feign extremely if not maliciously stone dead dead lord how deeply sir you apprehended he was no kinsman to you that i know of well that same fellow was an unknown fool and yet you knew him it seems i did so sir i knew him one of the most dangerous heads living within the state and so i held him indeed sir while he lived in action he has received weekly intelligence upon my knowledge out of the low countries for all parts of the world in cabbages and those dispensed again to ambassadors in oranges muskmelons apricots lemons palm citrons and such like sometimes in colchester oysters and your selsey cockles you make me wonder sir upon my knowledge nay i've observed him at your public ordinary take his advertisement from a traveller a concealed statesman in a trencher of meat and instantly before the meal was done convey an answer in a toothpick strange how could this be sir why the meat was cut so like his character and so laid as he might easily read the cipher i have heard he could not read sir so twas given out in policy by those that did employ him but he could read and had your languages and toot as sound a noodle i have heard sir that your baboons were spies and that they were a kind of subtle nation near to china ay ay your mameluchi faith they had their hand in a french plot or two but they were so extremely given to women as they made discovery of all yet i had my advices here on wednesday last from one of their own coat they were returned made their relations as the fashion is and now stand fair for fresh employment hot aside this sir paul will be ignorant of nothing it seems sir you know all not all sir but i have some general notions i do love to note and to observe though i live out free from the act of torrent yet i'd mark the currents and the passages of things for my own private use and know the ebbs and flows of state believe it sir i hold myself in no small tie unto my fortunes for casting me thus luckily upon you whose knowledge if your bounty equal it may do me great assistance in instruction for my behaviour and my bearing which is yet so rude and raw why came you forth empty of rules for travel faith i had some common ones from out that vulgar grammar which he that cried italian to me taught me why this it is that spoils all our brave bloods trusting our hopeful gentry unto pedants fellows of outside and mere bark you seem to be a gentleman of ingenuous race i not profess it but my fate hath been to be where i have been consulted with in this high kind touching some great men's sons persons of blood and honour enter mosca and nano disguised followed by persons with materials for erecting a stage who be these sir under that window that must be the same fellows to mount a bank did your instructor in the dear tongues never discourse to you of the italian mountebanks yes sir why here shall you see one they are quacksalvers fellows that live by venting oils and drugs was that the character he gave you of them as i remember pity his ignorance 
they are the only knowing men of europe great general scholars excellent physicians most admired statesmen professed favorites and cabinet counselors to the greatest princes the only languaged men in all the world and i have heard they are most lewd impostors made of all terms and shreds no less beliers of great men's favours than their own vile medicines which they will utter upon monstrous oaths selling their drug for tuppence ere they part which they have valued at twelve crowns before sir calumnities are answered best with silence yourself shall judge who is it mounts my friend scotto of mantua sir isn't he nay then i'll proudly promise sir you shall behold another man that has been fantasized to you i wonder yet that he should mount his bank here in this nook that has been wont to appear in face of the piazza here he comes enter volpone disguised as a mountebank doctor and followed by a crowd of people volpone to nano mount zany see how the people follow him he's a man may write ten thousand crowns in bank here note volpone mounts the stage mark but his gesture i do use to observe the state he keeps in getting up tis worth it sir most noble gentlemen and my worthy patrons it may seem strange that i your scoto mantuano who was ever wont to fix my bank in the face of the public piazza near the shelter of the portico to the procuratia should now after eight months absence from this illustrious city of venice humbly retire myself into an obscure nook of the piazza did i not now object the same peace sir let me tell you i am not as your lombard proverb saith cold on my feet or content to part with my commodities at a cheaper rate than i accustomed look not for it nor that the calumnious reports of that impudent detractor and shame to our profession alessandro butoni i mean who gave out in public i was condemned a sforzato to the galleys for poisoning the cardinal bembo's cook hath at all attached much less dejected me no no worthy gentlemen to tell you true i cannot endure to see the rabble of these ground charlatani that spread their cloaks on the pavement as if they meant to do feats of activity and then come in lamely with their mouldy tails out of boccaccio like stale tabarine the fabulous some of them discoursing their travels and of their tedious captivity in the turks galleys when indeed were the truth known they were the christians galleys where very temperately they eat bread and drunk water as a wholesome penance enjoined them by their confessors for base pilferies note but his bearing and contempt of these these turdy-facy nasty-pate lousy farticle rogues with one poor groat's worth of unprepared antimony finely wrapped up in several scartochios are able very well to kill their twenty-a-week and play 
Yet these meager, starved spirits, who have half-stopped the organs of their minds with earthy oppilations, want not their favorers among your shriveled, salad-eating artisans, who are overjoyed that they may have their half-perth of physic, though it purge them into another world, it makes no matter. Excellent! Have you heard better language, sir? Well, let them go. And gentlemen, honorable gentlemen, know that for this time our bank being thus removed from the clamors of the canalia shall be the scene of pleasure and delight, for I have nothing to sell, little or nothing to sell. I told you, sir, his end. You did so, sir. I protest I and my six servants are not able to make of this precious liquor so fast as it is fetched away from my lodging by gentlemen of your city, strangers of the terra firma, worshipful merchants, I and senators too, who ever since my arrival have detained me to their uses by their splendidous liberalities, and worthily, for what avails your rich man to have his magazine stuffed with Moscadelli, or of the purest grape, when his physicians prescribe him on pain of death to drink nothing but water cocked with aniseeds? Oh, health, health, the blessing of the rich, the riches of the poor. Who can buy thee at too dear a rate, since there is no enjoying this world without thee? Be not then so sparing of your purses, honorable gentlemen, as to abridge the natural course of life. You see his end. Aye, is not good? For when a humid flux, or catar, by the mutability of air, falls from your head into an arm, or shoulder, or any other part, Take you a ducat, or your chequin of gold, and apply to the place affected. See what good effect it can work. No, no, tis this blessed unguento, this rare extraction that hath only power to disperse all malignant humors, that proceed either of hot, cold, moist, or windy causes. I would yet put in dry, too. Pray you, observe to fortify the most indigest and crude stomach. I were it of one that, through extreme weakness, vomited blood, applying only a warm napkin to the place after the unction and fricace, for the vertigine in the head, putting but a drop into your nostrils, likewise behind the ears, a most sovereign and approved remedy. The mal caduccio, cramps, convulsions, paralyses, epilepsies, tremor cordia, retired nerves, ill vapors of the spleen, stopping of the liver, the stone, the strangury hernia ventosa, illatia passio, stops a dysenteria immediately, easeth the torsion of the small guts, and cures melancholia hypochondriaca, being taken and applied, according to my printed receipt. Pointing to his bill and his vial for this is the physician this the medicine this counsels this cures this gives the direction this works the effect and in some both together may be termed an abstract of the theoric and practic in the esculapian art twill cost you eight crowns and zanfritata prithee sing a verse extempore in honor of it how do you like him, sir? Most strangely, I. 
is not his language rare but alchemy i never heard the like all broughton's books nano sings had old hippocrates or galen that to their books put medicines all in but known this secret they had never of which they will be guilty ever been murderers of so much paper or wasted many a hurtless taper no indian drug had e'er been famed tobacco sassafras not named nor yet of guacum one small stick sir nor raymond lully's great elixir nor had been known the danish gonswort or paracelsus with his long sword all this yet will not do eight crowns is high no more gentlemen if i had but time to discourse to you the miraculous effects of this my oil surnamed olio del scoto with the countless catalogue of those i have cured of the aforesaid and many more diseases the patents and privileges of all the princes and commonwealths of christendom or but the depositions of those that appeared on my part before the signory of the senita and most learned college of physicians where i was authorized upon notice taken of the admirable virtues of my medicaments and mine own excellency in matter of rare and unknown secrets not only to disperse them publicly in this famous city but in all the territories that happily joy under the government of the most pious and magnificent states of italy but may some other gallant fellow say oh there be diverse that make profession to have as good and as experimented receipts as yours indeed very many have essayed like apes in imitation of that which is really and essentially in me to make of this oil bestowed great cost in furnaces stills alembecs continual fires and preparation of the ingredients as indeed there goes to it six hundred several simples besides some quantity of human fat for the congluination which we buy of the anatomists but when these practitioners come to the last decoction blow blow puff puff and all flies in fumo <laughs> poor wretches i rather pity their folly and indiscretion than their loss of time and money for these may be recovered by industry but to be a fool born is a disease incurable for myself i always from my youth have endeavoured to get the rarest secrets and book them either in exchange or for money i spared nor cost nor labour where anything was worthy to be learned and gentlemen honourable gentlemen i will undertake by virtue of chemical art out of the honourable hat that covers your head to extract the four elements that is to say the fire air water and earth and return you your felt without burn or stain for whilst others have been at the baloo i have been at my book and am now past the craggy paths of study and come to the flowery plains of honour and reputation i do assure you sir that is his aim but to our price and that with also paul you all know honourable gentlemen i never valued this ampulla or vial at less than eight crowns but for this time i am content to be deprived of it for 
six. Six crowns is the price, and less in courtesy I know you cannot offer me. Take it, or leave it howsoever, both it and I am at your service. I ask you not as the value of the thing, for then I should demand of you a thousand crowns, so the cardinals Montalto Pernese, the great duke of Tuscany, my gossip with diverse other princes have given me, but I despise money. Only to show my affection to you, honorable gentlemen, and your illustrious state here, I have neglected the messages of these princes, mine own offices, framed my journey hither only to present you with the fruits of my travels. Tune your voices once more to the touch of your instruments, and give the honorable assembly some delightful recreation. What monstrous and most painful circumstances here, to get some three or four gazettes, some threepence in the hall, for that will come to. Nano sings. You that would last long list to my song, make no more coil, but buy of this oil. Would you be ever fair and young, stout of teeth and strong of tongue, tart of palate, quick of ear, sharp of sight, of nostril clear? moist of hand and light of foot, or I will come nearer to it, would you live free from all diseases? Do the act your mistress pleases, yet fright all aches from your bones. Here's a medicine for the knowns. Well, I am in a humor at this time to make a present of the small quantity my coffer contains, to the rich in courtesy and to the poor for God's sake. Wherefore now, Mark, I asked you six crowns, and six crowns at other times you have paid me. You shall not give me six crowns, nor five, nor four, nor three, nor two, nor one, nor half a ducat, no, nor a mochinigo. Sixpence it will cost you, or six hundred pound. Expect no lower price, for, by the banner of my front, I will not bait a bagatine, that I will have only a pledge of your loves, to carry something from amongst you, to show that I am not contemned by you. Therefore now toss your handkerchiefs, cheerfully, cheerfully! and be advertised that the first heroic spirit that deigns to grace me with a handkerchief, I will give it a little remembrance of something, besides shall please it better than if I had presented it with a double pistolet. Will you be that heroic boxer, Paul? Celia, at a window above, throws down her handkerchief. Oh, see, that window has prevented you. Lady. I kiss your bounty, and for this timely grace you have done your poor Scoto of Mantua, I will return you, over and above my oil, a secret of that high and inestimable nature shall make you forever enamoured on that minute wherein your eye first descended on so mean, yet not altogether to be despised, an object. Here is a powder concealed in this paper, of which, if I should speak to the worth, nine thousand volumes were but as one page, that page as a line, that line as a word. So short is this pilgrimage of man, which some call life, to the expressing of it. Would I reflect on the price? 
why the whole world is but as an empire, that empire as a province, that province as a bank, that bank as a private purse to the purchase of it. I will only tell you, it is the powder that made Venus a goddess, given her by Apollo, that kept her perpetually young, cleared her wrinkles, firmed her gums, filled her skin, colored her hair. From her derived to Helen, and at the sack of Troy unfortunately lost, till now, in this our age, it was as happily recovered by a studious antiquary out of some ruins of Asia, who sent a moiety of it to the court of France, but much sophisticated, wherewith the ladies there now color their hair. The rest at this present remains with me, extracted to a quintessence, so that wherever it but touches, in youth it perpetually preserves, in age restores the complexion. Seats your teeth did they dance like virginal jacks, firm as a wall, makes them white as ivory, that were black as... Enter Corvino. Spite of the devil and my shame, come down here, come down. No house but mine to make your scene. Signor Flaminio, will you come down, sir, down? What? Is my wife your Franciscina, sir? No windows on the whole piazza here to make your properties, but mine, but mine? Beats away, Volpone, Nano, etc. Heart, ere tomorrow I shall be new christened and called the Pantaloni di Besognosi about the town. What should this mean, sir, Paul? Some trick of state, believe it. I will home. It may be some design on you. I know not. I'll stand upon my guard. It is your best, sir. This three weeks, all my advices, all my letters, they have been intercepted. Indeed, sir. Best have a care. Nay, so I will. This night I may not lose him for my mirth till night. Exeunt. Scene two. A room in Volpone's house. Enter Volpone and Mosca. Oh, I am wounded. Where, sir? Not without. Those blows were nothing. I could bear them ever. But angry Cupid, bolting from her eyes, hath shot himself into me like a flame. Where now he flings about his burning heat, as in a furnace an ambitious fire whose vent is stopped. The fight is all within me. I cannot live except thou help me, Mosca. My liver melts and I, without the hope of some soft air from her refreshing breath, am but a heap of cinders. Lass, good sir, would you had never seen her. Nay, would thou hadst never told me of her. Sir, tis true. I do confess I was unfortunate and you unhappy. But I'm bound in conscience no less than duty to effect my best to your release of torment. And I will, sir. Dear Mosca, shall I hope? Sir, more than dear, I will not bid you to despair of aught within a human compass. Oh, there spoke my better angel. Mosca, take my keys. Gold, plate, and jewels, all's at thy devotion. Employ them how thou wilt. Nay, coin me too, so thou in this but crown my longings, Mosca. Use but your patience. So I have. I doubt not to bring success to your desires. Nay, then, I not repent me of my late disguise. If you can horn him, sir, you need not. True. Besides, I never meant him for my heir. Is not the colour of my beard and eyebrows to make me known? No, Jot. I did it well. 
so well would i could follow you in mine with half the happiness aside and yet i would escape your epilogue but were they gulled with a belief that i was scoto sir scoto himself could hardly have distinguished i have not time to flatter you now we'll part and as i prosper so applaud my art exeunt scene three a room in corvino's house enter corvino with his sword in his hand dragging in celia death of mine honour with the city's fall a juggling tooth-drawing prating mountebank and at a public window where whilst he with his strained action and his dole of faces to his drug lecture draws your itching ears a crew of old unmarried noted lechers stood leering up like satires and you smile most graciously and fan your favours forth to give your hot spectators satisfaction what was your mountebank their call their whistle or were you enamoured of his copper rings his saffron jewel with the toadstone in it or his embroidered suit with the cope stitch made of a hearse cloth or his old tilt feather or his starched beard well you shall have him yes he shall come home and minister unto you the fricassee for the mother or let me see i think you'd rather mount would you not mount why if you'll mount you may yes truly you may and so you may be seen down to the foot get you a sitter lady vanity and be a dealer with the virtuous man make one i'll but protest myself a cuckold and save your dowry i'm a dutchman i for if you thought me an italian you would be damned ere you did this you whore thou'dst tremble to imagine that the murder of father mother brother all thy race should follow as the subject of my justice good sir have patience what couldst thou propose less to thyself than in this heat of wrath and stung with my dishonour i should strike this steel into thee with as many stabs as thou wert gazed upon with goatish eyes alas sir be appeased i could not think my being at the window should more now move your impatience than at other times no not to seek and entertain a parley with a known knave before a multitude you were an actor with your handkerchief which he most sweetly kissed in the receipt and might no doubt return it with a letter and point the place where you might meet your sisters your mothers or your aunts might serve the turn why dear sir when do i make these excuses or ever stir abroad but to the church and that so seldom well it shall be less and thy restraint before was liberty to what i now decree and therefore mark me first i will have this bawdy light damned up and till it be done some two or three yards off i'll chalk a line o'er which if thou but chance to set thy desperate foot more hell more horror more wild remorseless rage shall seize on thee than on a conjurer that had heedless left his circle safety ere his devil was laid then here's a lock which i will hang upon thee and now i think on't i will keep thee backwards thy lodging shall be backwards thy walks backwards thy prospect all be backwards and no pleasure that thou shalt know but backwards nay since you force my honest nature know it is your own being too open makes me use you thus since you will not contain your subtle nostrils in a sweet room but they must snuff the air of rank and sweaty passengers knocking within one knocks away and be not seen pain of thy life nor look toward the window if thou dost nay stay hear this let me not prosper whore but i will make thee an anatomy dissect thee mine own self and read a lecture upon thee to the city and in public away exit celia enter servant who's there tis signor mosca sir let him come in exit servant his master's dead there's yet some good to help the bad enter mosca my mosca welcome i guess your news i fear you cannot sir is it not his death rather the contrary not his recovery yes sir 
i am cursed i am bewitched my crosses meet to vex me how 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 why sir with scotto's oil corbaccio and voltore brought of it whilst i was busy in an inner room death that damned mountebank but for the law now i could kill the rascal it cannot be his oil should have that virtue have not i known him a common rogue come fiddling in to the osteria with a tumbling whore and when he has done all his forced tricks been glad of a poor spoonful of dead wine with flies in it it cannot be all his ingredients are a sheep's gall a roasted bitch's marrow some few sod earwigs pounded caterpillars a little capon's grease and fasting spittle i know them to a dram i know not sir but some aren't there they poured into his ears some in his nostrils and recovered him applying but the fricassee pox on that fricassee and since to seem the more officious and flattering of his health there they have had at extreme fees the college of physicians consulting on him how they might restore him where one would have a cataplasm of spices another a flayed ape clapped to his breast a third would have it a dog a fourth an oil with wildcat skins at last they all resolved that to preserve him was no other means but some young woman must be straight sought out lusty and full of juice to sleep by him and to this service uh, most unhappily and most unwillingly am i now employed which here i thought to pre-acquaint you with for your advice since it concerns you most because i would not do that thing might cross your ends on whom i have my whole dependence sir yet if i do it not they may delate my slackness to my patron work me out of his opinion and there all your hopes ventures or whatsoever are all frustrate i do but tell you sir besides they are all now striving who shall first present him and therefore i could entreat you briefly conclude somewhat prevent them if you can death to my hopes this is my villainous fortune best to hire some common courtesan ay i thought on that sir but they are all so subtle full of art and age again doting and flexible so as i cannot tell we may perchance light on a queen may cheat us all tis true no no it must be one that has no trick sir some simple thing a creature made unto it some wench you may command have you no kinswoman odd so think 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 sir one of the doctors offered there his daughter how yes signor lupo the physician his daughter and a virgin sir why alas he knows the state of his body what it is that naught can warm his blood sir but a fever nor any incantation raise his spirit a long forgetfulness hath seized that part besides sir who shall know it some one or two i prithee give me leave walks aside if any man but i had had this luck the thing in itself i know is nothing wherefore should not i as well command my blood and my affections as this dull doctor in the point of honour the cases are all one of wife and daughter Masca, aside my hear him coming she shall do it tis done slight if this doctor who is not engaged unless it be for his counsel which is nothing offer his daughter what should i that am so deeply in i will prevent him wretch covetous wretch mosca i have determined how sir we'll make all sure the party you wot of shall be mine own wife mosca sir the thing but that i would not seem to counsel you i should have motioned to you at the first 
and make your count you have cut all their throats why tis directly taking a possession and in his next fit we may let him go tis but to pull the pillow from his head and he is throttled it had been done before but for your scrupulous doubts ay a plague on it my conscience fools my wit well i'll be brief and so be thou lest they should be before us go home prepare him tell him with what zeal and willingness i'd do it swear it was on the first hearing as thou mayst do truly mine own free motion sir i warrant you i'll so possess him with it that the rest of his starved client shall be banished all and only you received but come not sir until i send for i have something else to ripen for your good you must not know it but do not forget to send now fear not exit where are you wife my celia wife re-enter celia what blubbering come dry those tears i think thou thoughts me in earnest ha by this light i talk so but to try thee methinks the lightness of the occasion should have confirmed thee come i am not jealous <laughs> no faith i am not i nor ever was it is a poor unprofitable humour do not i know if women have a will they'll do all against all the watchers of the world and that the fiercest spies are tamed with gold tut i am confident in thee thou shalt see it and see i'll give thee cause too to believe it come kiss me go and make thee ready straight in all thy best attire thy choicest jewels put them all on and with them thy best looks we are invited to a solemn feast at old volpone's where it shall appear how far i am free from jealousy or fear Exeunt. end of act two